Good morning, noon, and night. How are you guys doing? My name is Ryan. I am the producer of the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. Today we have something special. It is that time again. We're going to go over the best episodes, in my opinion, that we had in the month of September. So stick around. We're going to highlight a couple of guys that are really great dudes who made really great episodes. Yes, all of our episodes are great, but these ones stood out to me specifically for various reasons. So after this intro, let's go ahead and get started. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. Okay, so we are sitting at over 100 episodes in the month of September. We had way less than that. Uh, but we also, like I said, has some great, awesome episodes. Today, I'm highlighting four. The first one that I want to highlight is going to be from Mr. Chris Zizzo of Beyond Failure Fitness. Uh, if you want to check out the full episode, it's episode 75. Uh, what I want to break down on this one is the importance of morning routines and fitness with its connection to your mental health. Uh, Doug and Chris spoke on this and uh, it really touched me. That's why we're starting off this video with it. So let's take a look. To school um, to do something hard, or at least that's what I decided at the beginning. I said, I'm gonna figure out like, what are some of the hardest things that I can do? And so mm -hmm. I chose engineering and um, took it for that, like in that direction for no reason other than I wanted to be tough. Mm -hmm. but health and fitness has always been my passion because it pulled me out of like some bad mental stuff that I was going through. Um, mm -hmm. not, not mental, but more so just decision-making. And right. eventually I was like, you know what, this engineering stuff, like I love it because I wanted to challenge myself doing the job, but I'm not the best at it. Um, my friends are way smarter than me. And if you could even call my friends, like my, yeah. my, my colleagues, they were way smarter than me. Um, they loved the job and I just wasn't in it. I was always in the health game. Like that's what I've done on social media forever, part-time outside of the engineering stuff. So naturally, mm -hmm. like, when are you just going to switch all the way and start helping people be the way that you've been helped? And so it was pretty easy, that transition. It felt good. So a lot of business coaches and leaders in business you know, in our uh, Apex Mastermind, a lot of what we talk about is that morning routine, the fitness routine, mm -hmm. because I feel like fitness creates a bullshit filter, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can get up at 4.30 every day and go through all this pain every morning in the gym, you know what I'm saying? Like, then everything else after that seems so much easier, right? And then, and then it does. It's like, when somebody says, I don't have time, you're like, well, get up early. <laughs> It just, really it gets rid of the bullshit. So I think it creates a great, a great bullshit filter for us. hundred percent, man. If you can, if you can make the hardest part of your day, the beginning of your day, you're setting yourself up for success. You know, it's, I, I really see 
the level of commitment that people have to their health routine, even if they're not healthy, but they're starting a health routine and they stay committed to it. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's a pretty good indication of how that plays out for the rest of everything that they do. Yeah. Because that's pretty much the hardest one to stay consistent with. You know, you're not, your finances in your relationship eh, sometimes aren't necessarily hindering on your performance in health. Mm-hmm. That's just a you thing, you know? Right. So if you can stay good with a you thing, you're going to be able to stay good with everything else. So I like that you talked a little bit about mental health earlier because it's a, it's an important subject to me because, you know, going through a separation four years ago and then eventual divorce, you know, I went through a lot of uh, mental health issues, you know, days where I didn't want to get out of bed days where I didn't understand my purpose anymore, you know, or I didn't have this family unit to kind of support me. And so you kind of have to like pick yourself up and kick your own ass and get your ass to the gym, you know? And so one of the things that I, I tell my fellow entrepreneurs and, you know, friends and family and stuff is like when everything's going wrong, that's the one thing that can go right. You know, making your bed, that's the first win of the day, right? If you get to Mm -hmm. the gym and you get a workout in, that's another win. And that alone, those two things right there can keep you on an even kill when it comes to your mental health, right? Because I do look at it that way. It's a momentum thing. It is. You can go downhill, you can get up in the morning, sleep in late. Your mental health's not already there because you got the tax man knocking on your door Mm -hmm. and your best sales reps leaving you. Yeah. And all these things are happening and uh, your wife's pissed off at you because you got to work today instead of take the kids to school or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and then you don't work out, right. you know, and then you don't make your bed and then you don't, you know, make your first meeting, you skip yeah. it for whatever reason. And then it just goes downhill from there. It's a spiral, man. It's just like snowball effect of negativity throughout your day, you know, or, or you can have the, the inverse of that, which is get up and just do the work and, the rest of your day will get more simple naturally. Like think about this, man. How many times do you get up in the morning and you're rushing to get to wherever you need to be? Maybe this happened more when I know you had like a corporate job before, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, think about like being in a rush to get to work. Like how chaotic is your morning and how does that play out through the rest of the day? Or maybe you haven't thought of that. And then think about yeah. the people that get up like an hour early, get their coffee, eat their food, you know, read a little bit do whatever they got to do to get their head in the right state of mind. Um, don't have to deal. Don't have to worry about traffic driving there because yeah. you're already ahead of the schedule versus the person that's in traffic who's in a rush and is like everyone around them is the problem because they're driving too slow or they're driving like idiots. Yeah. It's like getting up that extra half hour makes all the difference and it sets the tone for the day, right? You can either be the person that's pissed in traffic or you can be the person that just wakes up 15 minutes earlier does that part of the their job and waking mm-hmm. up a bit earlier and then set the tone for the day of positivity right so yeah, yeah uh the the podcast that i just got off of we were talking about morning routines right mm-hmm. and what i realized in that conversation was you know i have a i have a good morning routine uh i work out i make breakfast i post you know i enjoy cooking you know so i make i make breakfast from scratch every morning And so it's a good routine, but what I'm noticing about it, there isn't any of that time to kind of like relax and meditate or just be right. You know, from the time that I get up, I get ready, hit the gym, I get back, I'm cooking. And then as soon as I'm done cooking, I'm eating, but I'm also writing my post for the day and all that stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And my posts take a while and I post in like four different places. So it's like, that's a good 30 minutes. And then my kids are asking me questions while I'm posting and I'm getting stressed out. And yeah. then I got to take the boys to school. And so, so it's like, I've got to build in some me time about 15 minutes in there to where it's just like, I can read or I can relax or I can meditate. You know, right. that's probably what I'm missing from it right now. It's just been heavy on my mind and I need to make that happen for sure. Dude, you we're we're both part of Apex, and Sammy Knight says that he prays in the morning. Mm-hmm. I don't pray in the morning; I never have. I prayed this morning. That's awesome, first, man! First time I've done it, and I was like, I feel like I I I asked for some direction last night on like some the steps to take um, mm-hmm. with business, with guiding, with being a better leader for my coaches, for my employees, mm-hmm. and then I asked the same thing this morning, and. Um, you know, today hasn't gone according to plan, but I'm, I'm at peace with it, you know, yeah. so it's, it's okay. And, um, and just that even not even 15 minutes, you know, that took two minutes mm-hmm. and, and I felt better about the day for sure. Absolutely. So, just were able to center yourself. So, like I said, super important with the morning routines, even meditating prayer, all those are like essential to setting up yourself to have a great day. If you're not setting yourself up to have a great day, then you're setting yourself up to, you know, have a worse day than what you may have already had. Um, the next episode that I wanted to highlight is episode number 71 um, with our friend Greg Birch. Uh, So what I wanted to highlight on this one is keeping it real on social media. If you've heard this concept, I'm sure you have by listening to this podcast, Build Your Machine. Uh, Doug just posted on his story. He's at an RBO mastermind in Las Vegas, and they were using the BGST podcast and one of their uh, presentations, which is super cool because it's just a testament of what it means to build your machine. Um, Greg Birch goes into a little bit more detail with that. So uh, let's go ahead and take a look at that. Between all the different posts that I'm doing and, and, and within the groups to my personal page and then to my team, I, I try to write about 2,500 of words worth of content a day. So, hey, so two questions from that. How long are you like time-wise, are you actually spending on this? Mm-hmm. And then um, where are you getting the content? You know what I mean? <laughs> like now, now trust me, I'm doing yeah. the same thing on my end, yeah. you know? So, you know, I'm using the family, I'm using history, you know, history in the business uh, situations with consulting clients, uh, guests, podcast mm-hmm. guests give me mm-hmm. a lot of content. And so um, that the podcast makes it a lot easier, but I'm, you know, 2,500 words a day. And it sounds like you're consistently posting in every one of these groups. That's a, it's a lot that you're putting together. So, you know, first question is how long does it take? And then the second, um, where are you getting all that content from? So I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's all I, okay. I don't listen to music. I listen to a lot of yeah. podcasts. Um, I listen to the real AF with Andy Frisella. Um, I listen to, I listen to Ryan Stevens podcast. I listen to his Monday, Monday motivational every single day. Um, and then a lot of it is just experiences that I've had. I've had a lot of experience both in the military in terms of leadership. And then I've applied a lot of those leadership tactics and strategies that I learned um, during my service mm-hmm. into sales because believe it or not, leadership and sales, they parallel pretty well because it all has yeah. to do with influence. And yeah. so um, I, I was able to, to 
jump into sales pretty easily and, and learn really quickly and, and apply everything that I had, uh, that I already knew that worked in terms of influencing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I've just had, a, I guess I've had a lot of life experience and I've messed up a lot. Right. So like, it, I guess coming, like having failure, like I was reading your poster when I was like, dude, I love, I love posts like that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and to just to segue real quickly, posts like that, it really does. It, it makes you human, right? It yeah. makes you relatable. And I, and I always tell my agents and a lot of agents I've worked with outside of my company, ever since I've been, uh, in insurance, like tell the bad, tell the struggle, tell the mistakes you've made because it makes you relatable. And people love, people love the come up. People love the story of the underdog. And the yeah. reason why people love superheroes like Superman, it's not because he's invincible. It's because it's when he does find struggle and he, it makes him human or it makes him more like us. He still powers through, he still finds yeah. a way to overcome. And so I, I love those kind of posts. I think they're the best. Right. So, um, I, I, I use those experiences in order to kind of fuel what, uh, what I want to talk about. And mm-hmm. I do a, I do a daily podcast every single day with my team. It's called the Delta team chat. And every single morning I'm, I'm st- I do 75 hard tasks every day. Now, like I, I work out twice a day, every day. And I've been doing that for a long time. Um, even though I'm, I'm in a, between, go ahead. A lot of high performers do. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, I've it's, been, I've been, I've been noticing. I was like, shoot, I never should have quit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I quit for a long time. And I just, I, I, I felt my discipline. I felt it within me just dropping. I was like, Nope, not happening. So, yeah. um, I, I, you know, I jumped into, I mean, I'm in between phase two and phase three and live hard right now. Phase three starts mm-hmm. October 30th for me. So, uh, I'm still just doing the tasks every day and every single morning, I go outside and I put on a weighted vest. I have a 45 pound weighted vest that I wear and I go on a hike. And while I'm on the hike, I have my phone and I record a message to my team. Cause I, I, I'm in Arte, I'm in apex, I'm in brand builders group. And I have a lot of it and I'm studying every day and I'm learning things. I'm going through BFA, I'm doing trainings and I'm, and I'm applying it also to my business so I can actually see the applicable side of it. And then I teach it to my team because I want them to grow and learn and do all the things that I'm doing. Cause then when we all kind of work together, like we can massively explode together. Yeah. So I, I teach them stuff like that. I teach them leadership stuff that I learned. I tell them stories from my military days, et cetera, et cetera. Some, some of the same posts that I've posted in, in apex. And that. so, and, and I love that it's just for them. Yes. You know, which is really cool. Yeah. You know, we, we do our, uh, once a week, we do a Friday morning company wide call. You know, and I, like I, I did, you know, it's funny, we're talking about this. I did the build your machine training this morning and I, and I converted it into something specific for my guys and how they could attack it in mm-hmm. creating referral partners. Right. And, um, you know, I got a message from one of my guys after, Hey, it's really cool that you took the time to do that with us. And I'm like, why wouldn't I, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, <laughs> I need to be pouring into you guys, or I'm going to be in trouble in a couple months. Cause you are going to be falling off like flies if I'm not investing in you, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I get messages like that from my team all the time too. They're just like, yeah. like, so for instance, I, I actually did a message to my team the other day and I was like, Hey guys, right after we, the day after we had the call the next morning, I was like, Hey guys, the podcast is coming back. I had a call with this guy for blah, blah, blah. I told him the story. Yeah. And I was like, so I'm going to be dropping off the Delta team chat. And people were like, no, like, no, don't, don't. <laughs> they're like, don't don't get rid of it completely. Like you can drop yeah. how many days you do it, but don't get like, we want to hear from you every week. And so I was like, yeah. okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. 
So, um, and, and honestly, like, it's just great training. Like I want yeah. them to be the beneficiaries of everything that I'm pouring into and learning from, because, you know, obviously Ryan learned this from somebody, right? Like he right. either through experience, but also from mentors and everything that he had. So, uh, pouring into your team, building your machine, social media, how does it all come together? Like Greg was saying, once you put the good, the bad, the ugly, everything out there on social media, someone can gravitate towards that and they can learn from that. Um, he used Superman. I'm not really a Superman fan. Superman's cool. All right. But he's, he's no Batman. Uh, but going back to that, that point, for me, it is the fact that Batman is human. When you look at DC comics, when you look at most comic books, there is a superpower, right? Batman has no superpower. He doesn't even have a high-tech uh, battle suit like his contemporary Iron Man has. But it's that human element that he overcomes all these supernatural kind of things that we all gravitate towards him is that he's human and he can do it. Um, and going back into social media because you know you're human and you've gotten through it sharing that with others is going to be beneficial to not only them but also beneficial to yourself it also goes into building your machine because now you become an authority of what you're talking about and how to get past it and people will be uh, more willing to listen more willing to work with you whenever you get those things okay so in the next episode that we're going to go to is uh, by a guy named Joe Hughes. It's episode number 76. In this episode, the reason why I brought it on is uh, Joe's family has a family business that's been around for, uh, they said in the podcast, 100 plus years. That is wild to me. 100 plus years and still kicking. Um, that is just phenomenal. Um I, I would love to build something that lasts 100 plus years. Uh, but what stood out to me with that is that even after that much time in business, there were still values that they wanted to pass down to everybody who was in the family, outside of the family, whenever they joined that business. So uh, without further ado, I'll let Joe and Doug talk about it. Let's take a look. I was looking at your profile. You were You were basically saying that you've been working since the age of 14 in the trades. And that's kind of where you learned how to work around, uh, you know, these other like leadership type men. So what kind of impact did that have on you from working at uh, 14 years old? Yeah. So I guess like a lot of us or a lot of like people like me in the construction industry, it's kind of like in your blood, you grow up in it, maybe a family business or a friend or something like that. And so I was fortunate enough to grow up as a family member in my family's business, Hughes Marine Firms, which started back in 1894, and they're still going strong today. So uh, I was a sixth generation family member working with my dad. My two uncles are the owners. They still are the owners. Uh, my cousins and a bunch of other people. So yeah, my first job, I live here at the Jersey Shore. My first job was uh, hopping in the back of a pickup truck, going up to Brooklyn, New York uh, to work in a shipyard when I was 14, um, you know, set, working seven to three. So got up at 5 a.m., uh, got home at like 5 p.m. And it was like, it was a long day, like blue collar, manual, hard labor every day. Uh, the hot summers, uh, mostly the summers, you know, obviously I, I went to school and all that. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. then during college, like I, I would work during the winter, spring break, you know, just working at every opportunity I could to uh, to make more money and, you know, continue to, to learn new things. And uh, it's interesting, you know, as you look back on your on your teenage years or maybe in your 20s and, you know, things that might have sucked at the time, but you kind of extract lessons as you get older and wiser. And uh, I think a couple of things that that I learned there, uh, number one, the the value of, of hard work and uh you know just just doing hard things and just working hard like that's irreplaceable uh and then the other thing is really empathy and um consideration for others i literally worked from people from all over the world like south america asia like y- europe like you name it um people from all walks of life as you can you know maybe imagine in a in a blue collar like shipyard setting um, so different perspectives, you know, just different outlooks on life, different backgrounds, you know, eating different types of lunches and things like that. So uh, I think that helped me develop a, a really keen sense of empathy for others and, you know, their situations and things like that. Uh, and an appreciation for, you know, some of the things we have in this country that sometimes we, I believe, take for granted. So, um, yeah, I mean, learned a lot there. That was awesome. But those are two of the biggest lessons that I kind of you know, that are kind of baked into my DNA today. So at this point, you know, your family's company is 80 or 90 years old, which is insane in the first place. I don't think I've ever, you know, even met anybody that was part of a family business that was that old. Right. Um, So that's, that's amazing in itself. So being that the company was that old, I mean, obviously you guys were probably somewhat well off in the family business. So, did your, did your parents do that by design? I mean, did they, or was that more you saying, Hey, I want to go work in the family business. I want to learn this. I want to learn it from the ground up, not having that entitlement, like, you know, kind of what happened there to where it was like, Hey, you're going to go work hard manual labor, even though you may not necessarily have to. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had to actually, uh, it was part of the, uh, the SOP, if you will. So my cousin, Brian, Brian's my age. We started out at 14 in the shipyard. Obviously we're not going to start out working in the office and doing anything significant. So like we were painting barges and tugboats and we were, you know, welding steel as we got a little bit more, you know, a little bit older driving tugboats, like forklifts, like, you know, fun stuff when you're a teenage boy growing up. Um, And yeah, I graduated, graduated college. My cousin, Brian graduated college. Uh, He was a year ahead of me. And uh, I tried, you know, I, I sold financial uh, products for, for a little bit, sold municipal bonds uh, up in North Jersey for a few months. Um, didn't go right into the family biz because I was of the mindset of, you know, it's there if you want it. Like there was never like kind of pushed on you. Um, gotcha. It's there. It's there if you want it. And I, I didn't want to like just, you know, be given something right. Like I wanted right. to go out and like create something it. my own. And my dad was the same way when he first, uh, when he got out of college, he was a cop for six years and did that thing and did shift work and all that. And then got into the family business after that. Um, so I did my own thing and then realized like, that's not, I, I didn't want to be in that big corporate, you know, environment it was wearing a suit every day. That just was never for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so Brian and I, my cousin, Brian and I, um, uh, we're like, all right, you know, we're, we're ready to commit, um, around the same time. And they're like, all right, well, you got to in order to like earn your spot in the office, you got to do two years of uh, manual labor out, out in the shipyard, uh, two straight years. And um, so at the time, you know, graduated from college, we're like, you know, kind of feeling proud of ourselves. And, you know, we get thrown right back out to where we basically were when we were, you know, seven years ago, when we were 14. 
Um, and you know, that was, that was fine. Like, we're not, you know, like too proud to do anything, uh, learned a lot. Um, it was, you know, cold winters out in Brooklyn, like miserable, like, like miserable, like when it's cold now, we have cold days here in Jersey. Like I think about those guys out there, like what they're doing. Um, and at the time, you know, it was a little bit frustrating, long hours commuting. Um, but once we got a chance to get into the office after those two years, uh, it, it was, it was hugely beneficial because, you know, number one, we learned so many different aspects of the business and number two, and probably more importantly, we, we kind of earned the respect of, of everyone out there that, you know, when we went into the office, we were then kind of managing those people. So right. it wasn't like, you know, we're big shots, you know, boss's sons getting into the office, just telling people what to do and bossing people around. It was like, no, like, right. you know, if we're going to kind of you know, lay out the projects for this week. Like we understand how long things take, you know, we understand that if there's weather, uh, if it's too hot or too cold, things are going to take longer. Like you really have that understanding and, and respect. So, um, you know, the, the old guys knew what they were doing, I guess. Yeah. And that's massive. Like two things. One, you can tell that the generational values were passed down. And that you guys didn't turn up your nose to it because you're college educated and working manual labor and everything because you did it when you were in high school too. And so I love that those uh, values are passed down. That's something that I've been big on lately is, you know, building an intentional legacy and the the values being uh, the, the number one thing that has to get passed on versus the purpose uh, businesses or the material things, right? Yeah. So you, you can see how they were really passed down to you guys. And then the second thing is, you know, that's why they've been in business for a hundred years, a hundred plus years now, right? Because they put those SOPs in place, whether it was for family or somebody off the street, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's, that's an incredible, uh, incredible story and uh, two really great points there. You don't have a hundred plus year family business without creating values and instilling those in the generations that come afterward. That is the most important takeaway that I got from this. And that's why it's on my top of September list. That is something that, you know, anybody could take away for sales teams, for your family life, for leaving that legacy that we're constantly, constantly pushing here on the BGST podcasts outside of all the materialistic things outside of all the tangibles outside of the business the cars the money the jewelry whatever it might be the most important thing is to pass down those values to your family so that way what you have created can sustain whether whether it's in the family business or it's just the family name that is attached to you you can say hey i passed down these values and i'm okay with that the last episode that i want to Highlight for the month of September is episode number 68 with Mr. Zach R.O.I. Williams. He is an amazing dude. Got a chance to meet him, talk to him a few times, and uh, he is a marketing genius. Uh, One thing, once you look at any of his pages, you see that he's clearly bought into what he is preaching. And that's super important whenever you're, 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 you're explaining something so 
ingrained with branding and marketing. You have to actually believe it because people can smell when you don't. Um, and this this episode, he talks about a lot of marketing tips and tricks. What I'm going to highlight here is the synergistic relationship between your marketing teams and your sales teams and how if you have that, you're going to go a lot farther than if they're fighting. Let's take a look. Okay, we're having a little bit of a technical issue. Let me see if I can get this uh, set up for you so that way we can uh, actually have this video going for you. So give me one second while I try to pull it up one more time so you guys can see what I'm talking about on that synergistic. Things I've noticed about, there we about go. marketing, and Let's I take haven't a done a whole lot of it, right? Our marketing is door-to-door. -door. You know what I'm saying? That's that's barely marketing. That's the, the top end of the sales funnel, actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like. So we, we, we generate the lead from impulse from scratch. Right. And so I had complete control of that. So that was always easy. You know, that part of it, right. The way I see marketing is you talked about that conversion rate on sales. Right. And so to me being coming from the sales side, it's that conversion rate sales is responsible for that conversion rate. Like you need to take extreme accountability on that. You know, it doesn't matter the neighborhood you're working in what'll come out is like credit fails and stuff like that. That'll tell you you're in the wrong neighborhood. Right. But people are saying yes, then you're in the right neighborhood. It's just a matter if they can qualify or not. Right. And so one of the things I've noticed about marketing is it does, it, it primes that customer and, and creates a better conversion rate on the sales side because all right, they, they know what the product is. They know why they want it. They have a demand for it. And now they need to talk to someone to complete the sale, to process the sale, whatever the case may be. And so good marketing can, 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 they, it can, double a conversion rate, you know, oh. and there's, there's too many times that sales org owners and, you know, businesses in general just accept the kind of leads they're getting or accept the kind of prospects that they're going after versus tuning the marketing and tweaking the marketing or hiring an outside marketer to basically bring us better leads. You know, it's not quantity, it's quality, right? No, a hundred percent. And I feel like every industry is different, even every, um, geographical locations, different, every even specific business is different. Like I literally, I genuinely believe that. Um, and I think there is a sweet spot between quantity and quality. Now, first of all, my hats off to door knockers, bro. Like I do think door knocking is the premier sales. Like I I've seen some of the, the coldest people in the sales industry, uh, as far as like gurus or top performers come from door knocking originally. Uh, I think that there goes a lot into um, being able to instantaneously bring walls down because genuinely, I don't really think in 2022, not to timestamp this episode, but where we're at today, I don't think anyone really would just be like, I love when someone comes over unannounced, you know what I mean? Um, Hell no. Right. So you're instantaneously walking into fighting a uphill battle. So to be able to pull some of those guards down instantaneously, I think is a very, very valuable um, tactic. Um, and I do see the, the value in actually having a face to face conversation. Me, if I could have all my sales calls or whatever the case be face to face, guarantee you my, my close rate would be significantly higher. I do. Yeah know that there is a much more um 
better opportunity to establish that type of relationship and that rapport with that customer when you're actually able to see each other, have that conversation face to face and put a face to a name. Um, but I agree with priming wherever it is you're going, uh, mm -hmm. not to not to have like a shameless plug, but that's why we developed the virtual door knock program is it's all based off um, priming areas for door knocking and right. essentially ultimately not necessarily replacing it, but Hey, if you can close the deal without having to get out in that Texas heat, boy, I'm sure you you're cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was a test done over at Harvard in Southern California where they surveyed 200 homeowners and they asked them, who is your local real estate agent? And there was no congruency at all on who that was. I mean, uh, it's the guy whose billboards at the end of the street. Oh, it's the person that sold me my last house. Oh, it's my cousin or my sister or, or a friend of a friend. So no congruency. Harvard then ran a, a, a study and they created a fake persona, fake picture, fake business name, logo, whole nine yards. And they ran what's called an eight by eight campaign where they sent out one postcard every week for eight weeks uh, with this fake persona on it, saying that they were the local realtor. They went back and resurveyed all 200 homeowners and 65% of people chose the fake persona. So that. yeah, man. So that's where we kind of come in on the marketing side of things to help assist the sales guy. If, if you walked up to a door and they've already seen your face a handful of times, they've already seen your colors a few times. They've already seen your logos a few times bro, you're starting to break those barriers down before you even open the door. And that gives you the opportunity to help increase that close rate. Marketing mm -hmm. department and sales department should be synergized. Absolutely. That was on mute. <laughs> that was something that is super important for anybody to, who runs a sales organism, organism, organization, who runs a business to understand your sales team your marketing team need to be synergized. They need to be working together for the same goal because once everything is working together, it becomes a well-oiled machine and it starts um, exponentially growing what you got going on. So that is all the time that I have for today. These are some great episodes for you to go check out in full. Um, they, they talk about a lot more than what uh, I was breaking down and what made them my top episodes of the month. Um, we also learn the legacy that they want to leave behind for the next generation. And that's just super cool to hear, super cool to be a part of. Um, as always, we don't ask for anything. We're not, um, you know, trying to pull money from you. We're just asking that you guys like, share, and subscribe. Uh, we are on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, anywhere that you consume podcasts, we are probably there. Just look us up, BGST building great sales teams. You can also go to buildinggreatsalesteams.com. Again, that is buildinggreatsalesteams.com, all spelled out. Go ahead and join our newsletter so you can keep up to date with everything that we got going on with the podcast, as well as with Doug's book that is coming out very, very soon and everything else that we have coming for you guys. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for spending time with me tonight. It is... Um, seven o'clock p.m it is dark outside i'm ready to go but it was great talking to you guys have a good night morning or noon <laughs>